from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. All of it was intentional. I feel like there's still a sense of innocence Yeah. at that age, uh, but also a sense of understanding. Right. I'm Elaine Chong. In 2020, two St. Louis natives, Grammy-nominated artist and producer Brian Owens and stage and screen actress Sophia Stevens partnered to write, produce, compose, and sing for A New Holiday. The original musical centers on a 10-year-old Thelma and her journey to reclaim hope, joy, and love as she faces her first Christmas without her beloved late grandmother. Dear God, I hope you didn't forget that tomorrow is Christmas. Grandma Dorothy used to say that change is good, but not having her here hasn't felt good at all. That's why I decided to make a different kind of list this year. I would still like a record player and a new dress for the church pageant, but what I want the most is Christmas. That's right. What I really want is for Christmas to feel like Christmas. Can you hear me? It's been almost two years since A New Holiday premiered. And in the nick of time for Christmas 2022, A New Holiday is now a colorful book full of honesty, rhythm, and uplift that's just right for the season. Here to talk with us about the book and what it adds to seasonal reads focused on Black children and families are its two co-authors, Sophia Stevens and Brian Owens. Sophia and Brian, a warm welcome to the program. Thank Thank you for having us. So let's begin with Thelma, the main character of A New Holiday. Sophia, can you talk about who or what inspired her character? So Thelma was inspired by um, Dave Stewart's wife, Thelma Stewart, And um, basically, the the whole film was inspired or commissioned by him. He asked for us to do this for his wife, and uh, we created this story from that. And the story was based off of her and who she was as a child, um, what she wanted. You know, we looked at what she wore. We basically just talked to her about who she was, and that's how that's how the the character was actually formed. How it was created. Okay, so Brian, uh, I understand that you are a proud parent, <laughs> and that you've lots many times of over, many times <laughs> experience over. Yes. with children. Yes. So let's talk about Thelma's age. Yes. Ten is an interesting one. Yes, it's it is. Not a small kid. Not quite a preteen. Why did you decide to make Thelma 10 instead of a couple years younger or older? That's a really good question. And now that I think about it, I don't. why did we decide to make her 10? Was it like, I think it may be because that's how old Riley was. I want to say that Riley, as well. I think Riley was around that age. Um, and, and Riley is? So Riley Adams is the young lady that plays Thelma in the, in the movie. And it also just made sense. I feel like there's still a sense of innocence yeah. at that age. 
Uh, but also a sense of understanding. Right. And especially when you're you're looking at, you know, children who are dealing with the loss of someone close, um, having experienced it in 2020, because my mom passed in 2020. So I watched my children who are around that age as they navigated that. So maybe maybe subconsciously that was in there as as a, as a reasoning as to why we, we chose that age. Mm-hmm. That sounds like that was the appropriate reasoning. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So then when it comes to audience, in the intro, we had talked about this being um, a seasonal read, and it is focused on black children and families. You know, when it comes to how this book came together, um, what did you have in mind that's specific to black American children and families and their experiences? So, Brian, if you can answer that. I think I may say something that may shock everybody. Um, outside of these kids... When you read this book and you see what they look like, you know, that's it. This is a story. This is a human story. Right. Right. And I think that what we've seen is that consistently we haven't necessarily seen human stories embodied by people of color. And so it always has to end up being, you know, spoken of as a it's a black story. No, it's a human story that features people of color. Um, and I think that's something that I think I appreciated about the movie and that I definitely appreciate about the book because it doesn't matter what you look like. When you lose someone you love and you find yourself in the holidays, it's tough no matter what you look like. And I think that what I hope resonates out of this book is not so much what the characters look like. Although, although having children who are, you know, children of color, I think it's cool that they can see that. Um, but it's it's the narrative and the story that is human that I think resonates with everybody. Absolutely. And the reality is we don't really see stories that feature black faces or necessarily Christmas stories that feature black faces often. And so that was very important to us, too. So you, we may, may not be seeing Christmas stories. What are we seeing instead? And what what void does this fill? Kwanzaa? Like most of the books that I see that feature, you know, characters who are black are Kwanzaa books. Right. And that's and that's cool. For my family, I've always celebrated Christmas um, for the meaning of it, um, being a person of faith. Although I know Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We know that we, now. I know, know that. I know we, uh, they say it was April, right? Around April? Yeah, I mean, but I know it wasn't December 25th. And I know well, I'm not going to ruin Santa Claus. But, but, I, <laughs> but I will say, but, I, but you know, I think, you know, the the importance to me of of that you know kind of is what kind of reigns supreme in it right i'd agree so a new holiday it came directly out of your co-written musical right and something that stood out to me about the book version of a new holiday is the musicality of the writing and how the illustrations create movement. So, for instance, when Hope instructs Thelma to believe what she sees, the two twirl and dance to a band playing music, and there are musical notes that sort of waft about the page. Um, How much of that, Sophia, was an intentional move to translate the musical to the page? All of it was intentional. Absolutely all of it. The film resonated with so many people and we wanted to make sure that it was just as authentic on the page. And the animation that we worked with 
they were incredible. Yeah, in shout out to Lion Forge yeah. Animation right here in St. Louis, Dave Stewart II. And um, yeah, with, like Sophia said, you know, making sure that the book had the same rhythm as the as the film was was really important. Right. So in terms of the book and how it was made, so currently you are here in St. Louis, but you make your home now and you're living in Los Angeles, Sophia. Correct. And Brian, you are very firmly planted here. I'm very firmly planted here, <laughs> yes. So what was the, the process like for the two of you to work from two different places? And Sophia, I'll ask you about it first. Yeah. What did that involve just with the the small details? Well, they're not a sponsor of ours, but thank God for Zoom. Um, <laughs> there was, it really was, uh, it was easy, believe it or not. Um, you know, our first project together was during 2020, um, or our first film project. And so uh, we everybody was confined to their, well, most people were confined to their homes. I know in Los Angeles, and I wasn't able to fly about. And so we, we did a lot of the planning over Zoom. And we just found that we worked very well in that way. And so it didn't really limit the creative process at all. We were able to, our communication style is pretty similar for the most part. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. I mean, it's great being able to see somebody's face. That True. helps. That helps a lot. Sure. And so it would have been one thing if we were trying to do this just over the phone. That would not have worked. That would not have worked. But being able to see expressions and <laughs> Cause I'm. That's very important in my in my world, because um, my face tells oh, a lot. And so, someone will ask a question. What do you think about that? And they can before see he says a word, word, you get the answer. It. So it was, you know, it was good. It worked out. It worked out. And that energy is certainly present in the book. We are speaking with Sophia Stevens and Brian Owens. They're here to talk with us about the co-authored book. A new holiday. So we're going to return to the book very firmly, and this is with Thelma, right? So uh, this is a child protagonist. Yeah. But as my mother has said to me many times, you will always be my baby, <laughs> right? So you both are children to your mothers. What has working on a new holiday meant for each of you as children yourselves? It's interesting because I'm a child, but then I have eight kids. And so, you know, just navigating now being the child of one parent as opposed to two Mm -hmm. and that transition of what that looks like. um, The themes in the book were very autobiographical, even if it was subconscious um, for for me personally, Um, because I like literally every day. I'm reminded of the fact that I like I don't have my mom, but my kids don't have their grandma Dorothy, mm-hmm. right? And so for them, even now, it's you know one of my sons, like my my daughter was reading the book aloud last night, and he was like, "Don't read it." He's wow. like, "Stop reading it," because when he hears the book or he watches the movie, and he's in the movie, which is interesting, um, it makes him think about Mimi. Who is who is my mom? So I think it's it's interesting for me navigating the 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 whole like I'm still someone's child because I'm a whole lot of people's daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is quite <laughs> so, true. So and and they and they have their own their own 
grief process that they are going through that I also have to be attentive to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that seems particularly relevant given what we all have gone through yes. with COVID, yeah. right? And that continuing, um, the continuing processes and are kind of figuring out how to deal with all of this. Sophia, mm-hmm. for you, yeah. does it have any any personal resonance? Oh, absolutely. It was extremely therapeutic for me. So this is my, this was my first short film. Okay, so remember this was this book was a translation or adapted from the film. And so my grandmother's name is actually Dorothy. And oh. she's the one who encouraged my creativity, my writing from a you know, as a young child and so to be able to submerge myself into this story where the protagonist's grandmother is Grandma Dorothy, oh, it was very therapeutic, like I said. Yeah. Okay. So there was a way that this book kind of brought home. Yeah, together absolutely. in an way. Yeah. So one of the things uh, that I, I want to make sure that we finish on has to do with home and with hometown. So you're both native St. Louisans. Yes. And collaborating on this project was really inspired by loved ones who are from the region as well. Are there any St. Louis-related Easter eggs in this story or in the book? For example... We discovered that Friendship Missionary Baptist Church <laughs> That's right. is a real church. It is. Uh, yeah. Prop to the producer on that one for uh, for <laughs> tracking that down. What do such local elements mean to you or your collaborators on the book? Brian, you want to take that yeah, one first? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all of these things are very real because Thelma Stewart is a very real person. Right. You know, the character of Grandma Dorothy is, you know, it's based upon Dave's mom who passed away in 2020. But I think Grandma Dorothy is like a lot of our (laughs) grandmas. And so I think the Stewart family, um, for all of the success that they have deservingly earned, um, I just appreciate the fact that they are real people who you can make stories like this about. And the Stewart family we're speaking about is the family of David Stewart, founder and chairman of Worldwide Technologies here in St. Louis. The real Thelma Stewart is David's wife, correct? Yeah. And when we did the movie, we, we wanted to plant those Easter eggs in there for her. Uh-huh. Um, the street sign that she grew up at, um, the colors of the coat that, that Thelma would receive, um, the color of Thelma's dress. like All these little things were kind of like Easter eggs mm-hmm. um, for her as she would watch the movie on her birthday to go, oh, I see that, I see that. But I think for, for other people who are from here now, you know, there's just some things that are very St. Louis. And when you, when, you, when you read the book, you'll get some of that essence in there for sure. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. 
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.